0: Sponsorship for this KQED live audio stream comes from Brevo, helping businesses work smarter, not harder, to help deliver customer experiences across email, SMS, WhatsApp, and more. Learn more at brevo.com. That's brevo.com. If they think something's going to happen to them when they die, I don't think a lot of people think about what they were before they were born. And I'm not saying like, oh, they were Napoleon Bonaparte, but like, there's much less concern about what they were prior to being the current type of existence that they are. I think I think about it a lot because like before my little brother was born, my uh, sister and I would refer to that period of time when he was dead. And we'd be like, oh, when you were dead, like we used to do this. And then like one day my parents overheard them and they're like, Pat was never dead. And we're like, yes he was, because when you're not alive, you're dead. And I think they thought it was funny and they, you know, they kept trying to explain to us that that's not how those words work, but I uh, it really stuck with me. Blasted out, and it me so when I Welcome back to Listen In. For KQED Arts, I'm Max Savage-Levinson. Be sure to help me validate my own existence by subscribing to Listen In, now on iTunes. While Baltimore's Dan Deacon is known best for his ecstatic performances and his giddy sugar rush recordings, his song When I Was Done Dying off last year's Gliss Riffer touches on some lesser known themes of his life and work. So pour yourself a kale smoothie, go straight from Warrior 1 to Warrior 3, and listen in as Dan shares the story behind the song's creation and inspiration. Softly, the but I, gone deeper, but not so I don't really consider myself a singer, but I recognize the importance of the human voice as an instrument in, like, pop-oriented music. The voice is sort of like what got me into performing live is because, you know, when you make electronic music, there's not really, like... Unless you're touring with like a bunch of synths, which in the early 2000s was, for me, insanely impractical. I needed to do something that I could perform live, and I'm not a guitarist, and I'm not really a keyboardist. And even though I'm not a singer, I could still use my voice as like something to modulate, and something that like people could understand, like, oh, when he opens his mouth, even though the sound coming out of the speakers doesn't sound like a human voice, I know that that's what's happening here. I never really thought about lyrics. Like, Most of Spider-Man of the Rings, my first record, is literally just just gibberish that I like the phonetic sound of and there's not really a lot of like lyrical content that makes sense or is discernible. And then with Bromps I kind of thought about lyrics a little bit more and then America a little bit more but uh, Gullsirfer was definitely the first record where I like really like started to think about the importance of lyrics and how the human voice is the only instrument that has the ability to contain lyrical content. If a trombone came out that could have lyrics, I'd certainly be writing lyrics for trombone. So it's like why haven't I been writing lyrics for voice? Why have I been avoiding like that other level of change? Like most of my stuff it started as the instrumental and I just had this loop of these chopped up sounds, and I was just pretty quickly drawn to this sort of like vocal approach to it. just started like rambling on about just a real stream of consciousness. You can't really have heavy lyrical content if your voice is going to be so heavily processed. You know what I mean? You, you, you kind of need to have some sort of level of clarity just to make sure that like people can understand each syllable. And I knew I couldn't really have that much uh, processing. So instead I went for like a large sort of like choric effect where I just layered my voice on top of itself quite a bit. And I did like a very speed technique, which is recording either like you know super slow and then speeding it up so it has some somewhat of a chipmunk sound or recording it faster. And then that gives it a lower, deeper pitch. Does that make any sense? Yeah. my mom passed away when i was 16 and that's right at the age when you start like questioning institutions or i guess maybe people do it younger or older whatever but that was the age when i started being like maybe all of this stuff they tell us in these opulent church buildings is garbage a lot of people who especially believe in like, you know, the most popular religions like the idea of like I gotta get into heaven I gotta get this p- Whatever I am is not a body in there. People are really obsessed with uh, The future or what's gonna happen after they died. I Think there's very few people who lose sleep over the fact that they'd not around during the Renaissance and had nothing to do with like inventing the printing press Some pretty cosmic FOMO Yeah, I think a lot of people only have like Future FOMO. They don't have past FOMO. The song is about this constantly shifting consciousness, and I like the idea that, like, when my, you know, when my body dies and I either like rot into the earth or, you know, become some sort of energy. That like I would like to think that I still exist, but like, there's such an arrogance to that. Do you know what I mean? I was curious if you had any any memories of challenges of getting the song to sound like something you'd be happy with, or, or its final form. That one sort of has the kind of the, the most sparse sort of song form of mine. Uh, I was pretty obsessed with the the drum sound. I just kept trying to have there be these micro fluctuations in the amplitude. What does that mean? Constantly changing the volume of each of the three samples so that it was never the same blending, which is what an actual acoustic resonant body would do. If you hit a drum, even if you hit it in the exact same spot, there's gonna be these micro fluctuations that like change the way that it sounds. And it's those inconsistencies that sound real. (music) It's about someone recanting their consciousnesses Who's someone else? Someone telling a story about what they were. You know, it's a past tense. I, I write about death as a lot of a theme because I feel like anyone who had like someone close to them die as a child, you think a lot about death and you have to really like figure out what, you know, life is and what the purpose of life is. And if there isn't one, that's still just as fine and valid. But what do you do with your time here? Thanks so much, Dan. No problem. Can I get a high five?